This is the Nerd Persona Podcast, Episode 7. On this episode of the Nerd Persona Podcast, we're going to be going over Marvel versus DC. What do I like and uh, what are my reasons for liking it? And stay tuned later on for our weekly news roundup. All of this and more coming up on this episode of the Nerd Persona Podcast. Lanterns and Groots, welcome back to the Nerd Persona Podcast. It is 2020, and I am super excited to be getting back into recording podcast sessions for you guys um, because I kind of missed it over my Christmas break. It was a much-needed Christmas break, and I'm definitely glad that I took it, took some time off, relaxed, opened some presents, and spent some time with my very close immediate family. And obviously, a lot has happened since I have uh, stopped producing episodes over Christmas break. You know, um, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker came out. World War Three is trending on Twitter. Um, so the world is kind of a crazy place right now. But don't worry, because the Nerd Persona podcast is back to talk to you about all of that stuff. Um, so let's go on ahead and start with our first topic of the day, which is our weekly nerd news roundup. Um so our first article is going to be about Star Wars The Clone Wars. Obviously, after The Rise of Skywalker came out, there is still going to be Star Wars content that is coming out throughout the entire year of 2020. Now, we're not going to be getting any movies for quite a while, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to be getting our next Star Wars movie in three years, which is a little disappointing for me. Um, at the same time, based on how I feel about The Rise of Skywalker, I'm completely fine with it. I think Disney should take some time and kind of reflect on on how they produced the sequel trilogy and really plan out these next movies that they want to do. If you guys want to know my thoughts over Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, head on over to YouTube and search for the Nerd Persona channel, um, and you can watch my spoiler-free initial thoughts video, which is about six and a half minutes, um, or you can watch my 17-minute video that kind of breaks down, goes over spoilers throughout The Rise of Skywalker, and gives you my final thoughts over that. What's really nice about these next films is that there is not going to be any baggage, and I know I say this a lot to my friends, but I I truly mean it. There is not going to be 40 years of legacy um, that everybody's going to put these expectations for these films, like what it has to have in order to be a perfect film, and if not, it's going to ruin their childhood. So I'm fine with that. I'm Glad that they're taking three years off. We are going to be getting some Star Wars content throughout 2020, mostly through books. We're going to be getting uh, season seven of the Clone Wars animated series on Disney+. Um, And we're going to be getting some comic books that are also coming out. And Jon Favreau has also announced that in fall of 2020, we are going to be getting season two of The Mandalorian to help keep us entertained. All exciting stuff very great. So we do actually have a release date for Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7, and Season 7 Episode 1 will be premiering Monday, February 17th on Disney+. Plus. Now, if you have not seen Star Wars The Clone Wars, um, I would recommend going back and watching through Seasons 1 through 6, because it's the last piece of Star Wars content that George Lucas ever touched, but it also does a really good job of actually making episode two really, really good. And if you watch it, 
and you go back and watch episode nine, you will notice that there are some familiar voices in episode nine that you may not have known about before. So that's what I really love about Star Wars is that it's just such a large universe and the more you read into it, most of the time, there's gonna be more reward for you because you'll be like, oh, I know that person or I know where they were at during this time and I don't know, I just think it's a lot of fun. Okay, second news story of the day. No more Star Wars, let's not talk about that anymore. We're gonna talk about Star Trek now for a little bit. So we are just a couple weeks away from the new Star Trek series. Um, that is going to be available on CBS All Access. Um, Star Trek Picard comes out on January 23rd. And they actually just released a new trailer for a series of Star Trek episodes that I actually didn't know about until I read this article. Um, they're called Short Treks, which are basically summarized as short stories that don't fit in with the Discovery or the Picard TV series. So they're they're kind of like side stories throughout the Star Trek universe. And uh, the trailer kind of shows off uh, two little girls um, at this Federation school and the alarm goes off. And that's basically um, all that happens in that trailer. But it looks exciting. It looks like something that I would be invested in. One of the things that always disappoints me about the the modern television of today is that every good show is on its own streaming platform. Like HBO has the Watchmen series, which I've heard is really good. I haven't watched it because I am not subscribed to HBO. Um, and then you've got, you know, the Star Trek series that are on CBS All Access, but again, I'm not subscribed to CBS All Access. So the thing that I really like to do and, and I've noticed this as well, is that a lot of these streaming services, what they'll do is they will put out an episode a week. Um, I can justify Disney Plus because it's got a ton of content that I will actually watch. I can't justify CBS All Access. So what I'll do is I will wait until the entire season of that show is out on the streaming platform. Then I will subscribe to them for about a month, watch through the entire series, maybe check out some other shows that I haven't watched during that month. And then once it's over, it's not a big deal, you know? Um, so that's what I would recommend. And maybe I'll do that with HBO as well. But you know, there's just so much television out there. It's so hard to pick what you want to do. There's so many video games that I want to play. There's so many places I want to go around Indiana and around the world. It's hard to, it's hard to fit time for all of this stuff. There's so many role-playing games I want to play. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. Um, so, it, I say all that to say this. Star Trek Picard <laughs> comes out on January 23rd, and I am very excited to see it. We've got some gaming news that I want to jump over into. We're going to start out with Nintendo. Um, actually, that's all we're going to be talking about is Nintendo today. Um, so, our first article comes from comicbook.com. And uh, Nintendo is apparently going to be um, releasing some Wii U games onto the Nintendo Switch, which they did uh, for a while when the Nintendo Switch first came out, mostly due to the fact that the Wii U did not sell very well at all. Um, and they figured, well, since nobody's played these games before, instead of actually creating new games, let's just re-release them, which is a fair marketing uh, standpoint. Um, I have a Wii U and I have a Switch. I've bought copies on 
both systems, mostly because the ones on the Switch were remastered or they included DLC um, for free. And it has the Nintendo online service, so you can play multiplayer with other people for only 20 bucks a year, which is really cheap. Um, so to summarize this article, basically the two games that keep coming up in conversations that they are thinking of releasing is Super Mario 3D World and Pikmin 3. Both are titles that came out on the Wii U, and they're both okay titles from watching gameplay and playing these games. They were okay games. I wouldn't say that they are groundbreaking. Uh, Pikmin has a cult following. Um, so hopefully we'll get Pikmin 4 eventually. That would kind of be nice, wouldn't it? Um, and for those of you who don't know what Pikmin is, it's essentially about a, a species of these little tiny human beings that kind of live in the grass um, that, that crash on Earth from a faraway planet. And they pick these Pikmin, which are even smaller little beings that are like flowers that you pluck out of the ground. Um, and they are kind of like your minions that run around and carry stuff for you. But the game is challenging because your character, the only thing that he really does is tell the Pikmin where to go. And you will go through this game and you'll constantly lose Pikmin and you'll feel terrible because you're literally killing people that are fighting for you. It's just a very interesting dynamic game to play. So throughout the game, you know, you'll collect um, debris from humans like soda cans and they'll have these quirky names and you'll use them to rebuild your ship and to gain rocket fuel to get back to your home planet. Um, so Pikmin's been around for quite a while, all the way back since the GameCube days, and it's always been a series that's really been near and dear to my heart, and, uh, so hopefully we'll get a new Pikmin game soon. Super Mario 3D World isn't really that important of a game, mostly because we have Super Mario Maker 2, uh, which is basically where people create their own levels, and uh, you can play an infinite amount of Mario levels that have been designed. I'm not saying that all of those Mario levels have been designed super well, but I think for the most part, it's a game that really doesn't have a end to the fun. Uh, there's always new levels coming out, always uh, people to challenge and try and get the fastest time through each level. Definitely fun. And inside Super Mario Maker 2, um, you can have Super Mario 3D World levels uh, as a design. So I don't think Super Mario 3D World will sell too well because of that. But we do have a couple games from Nintendo coming out this year. The one that I am most personally excited for is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Now, on New Year's Eve, they actually posted a 30-second trailer for Animal Crossing New Horizons that basically showcases what the game is going to be about. But the biggest reveal inside this trailer is the, the character models. Now, I'm gonna try my best to explain what Animal Crossing is for any folks out there who don't necessarily know what it is. And I know when I describe this, it's going to sound like the stupidest game ever because there's really no good way to describe it. So Animal Crossing is basically a, a game franchise where you move to a new town and it's it's a forest, okay? It's just a forest, and you start out with three villagers that live inside these town. So the main goal for Animal Crossing is to collect bugs and fish and to put them in the museum so you can showcase that off. Um, 
to basically pay off all your debt on your house and to help develop your city into a better place. But the biggest, most important aspect of Animal Crossing that there is, is interacting with the animals that live inside your town, becoming their friends, learning their personality types, and basically growing relationships with them, not romantic relationships, just friendships, and having fun overall. It's one of those games where you play when you just want to kind of relax, you don't want to stress out about boss fights or anything like that, Um, and it's just a game that's been very near and dear to my heart, and probably sometime later on this year, I'm going to be posting an episode of the on the Nerpersona YouTube channel about, you know, why I like Animal Crossing and kind of my history with the game itself before the new title releases. So Animal Crossing New Horizons releases on March 20th, 2020. Um, and we have not gotten a Animal Crossing game, a main series game since 2012. Uh, and we got that on the 3DS. So it's been a long time coming. And I think what happened was they were going to release this game on the Wii U, but based on how terrible the sales were, they held off on the game, they remastered it, they made it a lot better, and they're putting it on the Nintendo Switch now. So it's been eight years since we've gotten an Animal Crossing game. There's a lot of people excited for it, and I'm really hoping that they release a special Animal Crossing Nintendo Switch. That would be awesome. That would be so cool. I will be the first in line at GameStop to buy it. Which is another thing, man. GameStop is going down the toilet. It's kind of the end of an era, if you think about it. You know, because GameStop, I mean, it's getting to the point where people are just buying digital copies of games or they're subscribing to these game passes. Um, because they're just so cheap. Like, you look at Xbox Game Pass, which is, I think, 5 or 10 bucks a month. And you get an access to over 60 games that you can just play on your Xbox every month. And that library is growing. It's basically Netflix, but for video gaming. PlayStation also has theirs. I think it's called PlayStation Now. Uh, it is f- it's 10 or 15 bucks a month. And again, it's the same thing. You get access to a library of video games. And so people aren't really buying physical copies of video games anymore, which is really affecting GameStop. Um, and another thing is that, you know, GameStop, their pricing is, it tends to be really expensive. You know, sometimes you'll walk in there and you'll find a used copy of a game that's more expensive than a brand new copy of the game, which to me makes no sense. Um, but GameStop is trying to change their format so that instead of being like a video game store only, uh, you kind of walk in, it's a place where you can hang out with your friends, uh, host gaming tournaments, Uh, maybe play trading card games. It's basically trying to become its own board game, video game, trading card shop. So I hope that format works out for them. But it's really kind of sad just to see GameStop closing so many locations. And uh, I stopped getting my Game Informer magazine a couple months ago because they fired half their staff because they're just running out of money. Uh, Yeah, super sad. Very, very super sad. Um... So that is it for gaming news and, um, you know, Star Wars and Star Trek news. So there's one, there's one more thing that I want to talk about for this week's Nerd News Roundup. And this one isn't really, it's not really related to like nerd pop culture, but I just thought it was something that was really interesting. I was on Instagram today and there was this ad where this lady came on and she's like, Um, you know, 90,000 trees are cut down every single day, uh, 
um, basically to clean up our messes. And, and they're talking about like paper towels and toilet paper. And I said, you know, that's actually a very good point. Uh, we do use a lot of paper um, to clean up our messes. And so, you know, while I was watching this trail, I'm like, well, what do you propose, mysterious lady on Instagram? And she said, we have these paper towels and this toilet paper that you can buy that is made from bamboo. Now, why do I find that interesting? Well, it's because bamboo is actually a very fast growing crop or tree. Bamboo tends to have a diameter of 10 to 12 inches and <laughs> it actually grows 35 inches a day or 1.5 inches an hour, which is a insanely quick plant to grow. Uh, so what that means for us is that, you know, instead of cutting down 90,000 trees, we cut down 90,000 bamboo stalks, potentially, maybe it's 180,000, but they just grow back 35 inches the very next day. So, you know, instead of cutting down these massive forests to make, you know, toilet paper, paper towels, sheets of paper, you know, we're going to be using bamboo. Um, so... I don't know. I just thought I'd show, share that with you guys because I thought that was really interesting. It's really cool to see, you know, how how people are starting to take care of the earth. Uh, it's mostly a generational thing. Um, and unfortunately, Australia is on fire. People think that's due to climate change. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but, you know, Team Trees, which is a YouTube collaborative um, charity, basically... Um, raised $20 million to plant over 20 million trees. So, <laughs> I don't know, I think that's really cool that everybody can come together and kind of plant trees. It's really heartwarming. So if you donated to Team Trees, thank you so much. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll make the world a little bit of a better place in terms of breathing, because we need trees to breathe, people. If we don't have trees, we ain't breathing. Might as well be living on the moon or something with no oxygen. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I have rambled on with the Nerd News Roundup for a good solid 20 minutes. Um, and we're going to get into our next topic, which is the, the main topic of the day which is Marvel versus DC, and how do I feel about it? So ever since the early 2000s, Marvel has obviously dished out quite a few films uh, throughout the entire Marvel Universe. We started out with the, the Incredible Hulk movie, uh, which was titled Hulk, which was an okay movie. It was also a very strange movie um, to me, and... You know, I remember watching it as a kid. I, I was always freaked out by, like, the experiments that his dad was doing on his kid with, like, the lizard DNA and the starfish DNA and, like, cutting it up and watching the limb grow back. It was so weird. Uh, and then you have the Fantastic Four movies that came out, Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, um, which actually featured Chris Evans when he was a young man. And I remember actually liking the first Fantastic Four movie, and I had wished that they would have continued to produce those. You also had the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, which featured, to oh, which featured Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And, you know, as a kid, those movies always warmed my heart. I loved the people that played the villains in those movies. Willem Dafoe 
is still, in my opinion, the best person to play Green Goblin ever. And his suit was so freaking cool. Oh my gosh. And then you have Spider-Man 2, which where you have Doc Ock, and frick, that was an awesome movie. I freaking love that movie. So good. Because Doc Ock is the light of the show, man. I mean, he's just, dang, he's just front and center. You're like, whoa, that's Doc Ock. And then you have the third film, which the third film was really kind of, the story behind that is really sad. Um, and yeah, because originally, you know, Sandman was going to be like the main villain in that movie. And then he was going to, Sam Raimi was going to introduce the Green Goblin, the new Goblin at the very end of the film. But, you know, the producers or the the executives at Sony were like, well, it's Spider-Man 3, right? And then Sam Raimi was like, yeah. And they're like, well, three means you should have three villains, right? And he's like, no, that's not true. And they're like, well, do it anyway. And he's like, well, I don't want to. And then they're like, okay, well, we're going to decide for you. Let's put Venom in there. And then you're like, wow, the storyline for Venom is actually quite lengthy. So why would you want to mix that in with like a Sandman and a Green Goblin storyline? Like, ah, do it anyway. And it ended up being a very sloppy film. And there were actually plans in the works for Sam Raimi to produce a fourth Spider-Man film, um, which eventually got canceled due to scheduling conflicts and Sony not being comfortable. So they decided to reboot the series with The Amazing Spider-Man later on. Um, And around that same time is when we started getting, you know, the Iron Man movie with uh, Robert Downey Jr. We got the brand new Incredible Hulk movie. And um, what did we get after that? We got Thor after that, I believe. Um, all all interesting films. I did not like Thor. I, I just want to say this. The only Thor movie that I have liked that has come out over the past years is Thor 3. Mostly because I think the stories are very sloppy. They're boring. Oh my gosh, Chris Hemsworth! No, not really. I, I just... I mean, he's cool. He, he did a good job on Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. Uh, there's another thing I'm ticked off about being canceled. Anyway, <laughs> getting back to Marvel, um, I don't just want to talk about movies. Obviously, I want to talk about comics. Um, you know, Stan Lee, most people know who Stan Lee is, mostly because he's done cameos throughout all of the Marvel films. He's he was Him and Jack Kirby, who was a, another producer or a writer of, of Marvel comics, they were such big influences on the comic book industry throughout their time. And they produce so many characters, man. I mean, it's insane how many characters they produce. Just just Google it. Characters created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. And you'll find pretty much 90, I wouldn't say 95, maybe 80% of all of the characters in the Marvel library are all created by them. They just created an insane amount of characters. I've always felt like I've connected with those characters. I think Marvel does a very good job of creating these comic books and these movies that are very relatable in a way, Um, just kind of stories that, uh, you know, are very uplifting and inspirational. And the stories, for the most part, you know, always tend to have a really strong ending out of the comics that I've read. Um, When I was in, I started reading comic books when I was probably in middle school. Um, And I 
you know, I've always been a huge fan of the Spider-Man comics. They've always been written very well. And that was mostly because, you know, when I moved over to Indiana, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. So I obviously had a lot of free time on my hands. So when I wasn't watching YouTube or playing games, I was reading comic books. The first big comic book series that I read was probably a Superior Spider-Man. Um, and Superior Spider-Man is a series that basically is where, you know, uh, Doc Ock is dying. And so Peter Parker offers for him to live inside his body so that way his intelligence or his consciousness can live. And what you start to see throughout this whole comic book series is that um, you know, Spider-Man to most people is no longer what he used to be. He's not this fun, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's this really menacing, evil kind of Spider-Man that kills a lot of his enemies. And, you know, throughout this entire comic book series, you just see Peter Parker struggling to gain his consciousness back. Um, and he's fighting with Doc Ock inside his mind. And trying to come back to becoming the the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and it's such a very good series. I I really love it. Um, so shortly after that, I started reading the Age of Ultron series, um, which was eventually turned into a Marvel Avengers movie. Uh, the movie is nowhere near as good as the comic book. I did not like the movie. I thought the movie was kind of like uh, kind of an insult to the comic book itself. Um, guess I don't know. The movie was just so all over the place. I mean, they had they had so many robots in that freaking movie. And let me let me just say this: um, in the movies, uh, Tony Stark is the one who produced Ultron. In the comic books, Hank Pym, who is the old guy on the Ant Man movies, was the guy that produced Ultron. But I don't think the Ant Man movies were out at that point, so that's probably why they used Tony Stark. Um, but also, you know, in the comic books, they have free range to use any heroes that they want, whereas the movies, they're limited to certain franchises, because at the time, Disney did not own, uh, you know, they didn't own Fox, um, and they weren't collaborating with Sony at that point for Spider-Man, so there was a lot of heroes missing from that, that era of Marvel movies, um, and, you know, as, you know, after I read Age of Ultron, it kind of started branching out into different comic books like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy I started reading, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, what else did I start reading? I started reading some Fantastic Four comics. Um, comic books are just really fun to read uh, because even as I was a kid, you know, from, from the time I was a kid, I was reading like Captain Underpants and Ricky Ricotta's Mighty Robot, and it's so sad that I remember that. But those were the books that really stuck with me. And I remember every time I went into the library, we used to have, in elementary school, we used to have this, this time slot that was allocated for classes to go in, um, in the library, sit down, read books, borrow books from the library, and take them home. And I always remember, um, you know, people making fun of me because I'd always read these comic books. But I just thought comic books were the best um, form of entertainment, um, because, you know, they had pictures, and pictures, I've always thought, kind of enhanced the story a little bit. Um, but, you know, stuff like 
like comic books are also very interactive in a way because as you scroll past each panel, it's if you read it fast enough, it's almost like watching a Marvel movie or a DC movie. Um, so I've been talking about Marvel quite a bit, so I want to hop over to the other side for DC. But before we hop over to DC, I'm going to take a quick break real quick, kind of drink some water, get my voice back. So please enjoy and we'll be right back. And now it's time for a new segment on the Nerd Persona podcast that I like to call the Popcorn Bucket List. So outside of the Nerd News Roundup that I do every week now on the Nerd Persona podcast, I want to go over all of the brand new movies that are coming out every single month and kind of share with you the ones that I am most excited about. So for January of 2020... I think the biggest film that's coming out in January that I am most excited for is 1917. 1917 is basically a World War I film where 1,600 troops are sent to the German front lines, I believe, and they discover that there is a trap that has been set for them while they are marching to the front lines. So two soldiers that are at a totally separate camp that are miles away from these 1,600 troops have to... Um, quickly make their way over to those 1,600 troops before they get caught by this trap. And I've heard it's absolutely a masterpiece of a film. I'm definitely excited for that. The second film that I'm excited for in a very strange way. Have you ever, have you guys ever been excited about like a movie that you know is going to be terrible? So this film is called Underwater and it features Kristen Stewart, who to me has always been a very interesting actress because I don't think she's really good in any of her films that may sound terrible I'm sure she's a lovely person but I just don't personally like any of her films and that's not like a bad rap on her I just think that based on viewing the underwater trailer it just looks really funny to me so uh, from the trailer we get the impression that they are drilling deep down into uh, under the sea um, further than anyone has supposedly and a monster that is underneath this layer of ground breaks out and there's a scene in this trailer where they're like what's happening and this one girl's like oh we're going underwater and I'm like did you really just plug your title inside the trailer it's so cringy but that's kind of why I'm excited for it Bad Boys for Life comes out on January 17th, starring Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Uh, Now, I have never seen a Bad Boys film, but I have heard really good things about it. It's on my list, and before I go view that film, I'm probably going to watch the other two films that are coming out. So as I see these films throughout the month, you'll probably hear my reviews on the Nerd Persona channel on YouTube. If you guys would prefer me to talk about it on the Nerd Persona podcast, just let me know. Um, But I think for now, I'm just going to keep that strictly on the YouTube channel so it doesn't interfere with the, the current topic that we're going to be talking about on the podcast episodes. Okay, thank you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that segment. Um, I am back. My voice is ready to go. So let's go in and dive into the DC side. So DC Comics, unlike Marvel, are very dark, which is one reason I really like. I would say that DC Comics have more of an adult theme versus Marvel Comics, which are kind of meant for everyone. Um... 
So DC Comics, obviously you have like Batman and Green Lantern and The Flash and, you know, to name a few heroes, Wonder Woman, Superman, you have all these, all these awesome heroes. And they, they just create these really, really big, dark storylines where, you know, maybe a hero is going to die in so many issues or, um, you know, so many people are getting murdered and maybe the bad guy becomes a hero for a little bit. Um, and the team ups are really cool in those comic book series. Um, I don't know. I would say, I would say my favorite, my favorite hero to read on the DC side would probably be either Green Lantern or Batman. Green Lantern is really cool because he can, you know, create stuff with his imagination. And there's so many other other guilds other than Green Lantern. You know, there's the Red Lanterns, the Blue Lanterns, the Yellow Lanterns. Um, and they're, the cores in that movie are just so, so interesting. Just seeing the conflicts between their emotional state and what they can do is... It's always been very fascinating to me. And then, you know, everybody knows Batman, mostly because Batman is, he's this billionaire who has many toys that he likes to play with. Um, but I think what's really cool about Batman is the bad guys. The bad guys are just so creative uh, and dark that, you know, they don't they don't really care about their mental state. They're just in these insane people that a billionaire is trying to fight off, but also not kill which I think is like a really big thing for Batman. So if you see Batman kill, um, it's it's almost devastating in a way because, you know, he's kind of fighting against his own morals um, and he rarely ever does it in the comics. But sometimes, you know, and every time he does it, he's always just crushed that he's, he's failed as a superhero. Um, so most of my DC... Uh, exposure was as a kid there was a lot of tv shows that were coming out the one that i remember the most uh there was a justice league cartoon that came out which i think was big for a lot of kids uh back in that day but that was really big for me um there was also a couple batman series that had come out batman beyond is a very good television series that i grew up with as a kid um and so I, I, I like jumping back and forth between Marvel and DC. The thing about DC is that they are very good at producing comic books. They're not necessarily the best at producing films. And, you know, I, I think their best film that they have produced to date is probably the, the Wonder Woman movie that, that came out. Um but there's, there's also been a lot of Batman movies that they've produced in the past that are also very good. I love the Michael Keaton Batman movie. I do not like Batman and Robin, which had George Clooney in it. Man, that was a terrible movie. Um, I, I'm a sucker for the Adam West Batman series, mostly because it's just so goofy that it's, it's fun to watch because it's so goofy. Um, there was an old Flash series that they had. I never watched it. That came out in the 90s, I believe. It was a live-action series. Um, but the guy who plays the Flash in that 90s series has made appearances in the brand-new Flash series that's on the CW. And so that's another thing I kind of want to 
want to talk about in terms of DC is even though DC isn't very good at producing films, they're very good at producing TV series. And I think it all kind of started with Smallville. Smallville was produced in the early 2000s. It lasted for 10 seasons. And, you know, it started Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum. And, oh man, I love that series. I grew up with that. And... You know, kind of the first the first season, the first two seasons, every week you would have a a different um, person who's affected by kryptonite get these enhanced superpowers, and Clark Kent is trying to figure out how to deal with them. Um, and then, you know, as, as you get through uh, the later seasons of Smallville, you eventually start seeing him mature and learning his new powers, learning where he comes from and changing as a person overall until in the final episode he becomes superman and he's in his superman suit and he flies away and that's the end of the series which is a very very good way for them to end that series um and then obviously there's been many cw series that have come after that there's there was arrow which came shortly after that um then there was The Flash, and now there's also Legends of Tomorrow, and there's Supergirl, and they had a, they recently had a, um, a, a collaboration uh, called Crisis on Infinite Earth, which is its own comic series, um, but it was, it was a multi-episode collaboration um, that I have not seen yet, but I have been told is absolutely fantastic, and I think... I think I'll probably watch it, but I haven't watched a I haven't watched a DC TV series in quite a while, mostly because like the plots got really repetitive and there was just so many shows that they were producing. I couldn't keep up with watching every episode every week. Um, mostly because at the time I didn't have cable, but now it's just because like I just don't have the time or or really care to watch them. Um so that those are my thoughts on DC. So if I had to pick a side, um, I, I don't want to pick a side for everything. Okay, I want to, I want to kind of break it down between comic books, TV series, and movies. So let's start with comic books, which for both companies is the heart and soul of those companies. It's where they all got their first steps from. So for comic books, I would say that. Um, I'm, I'm going to give the award to Marvel Comics, uh, mostly because um, even though even though DC tends to have these really dark storylines um, and they typically have these really good endings, as a kid, I've always enjoyed the Marvel Comics just a little bit more, mostly because the stories are, are very, very large scale. They're very um, uplifting and inspiring. And I always think that most of them have a pretty solid ending. Um, and they also have the Star Wars comics, which I'm not saying influenced this decision. I'm just saying it's a perk of reading Marvel comics. Um, so it's obviously very big for them. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby did an amazing job creating these characters inside Marvel and DC. Okay, so the next one that I want to talk about is the television series. Marvel does actually have a couple television series that they have produced. They have uh, Marvel Runaways, which was a Hulu exclusive TV series that is going to be coming to Disney Plus here, I believe, sometime in January. Um, they have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 
um, which is a long-running show. I believe they're on season five or six right now um, for that. And I'm trying to think of a couple others, but they're not really coming to the top of my mind right now. And then obviously DC has a vast uh, library of, of TV series. Um, so I think the winner for TV series is going to have to be DC. Uh, and the main reason is because it's not it's not so much that DC has a lot of content in terms of their television series. It's that they do a very good job of creating these plots for like origin stories of these characters and also tying them into other superhero shows that are out there. And they do this on an annual basis, too. There's always a collaboration uh, episode between Green Arrow uh, and The Flash and Supergirl Legends of Tomorrow, and it, it's really cool to see, you know, DC going so strongly on their um, on their television series, and they've been doing it since the early 2000s, um, so they're very good in that, in that industry, and they have always been creating these really awesome stories. So the last thing that I'm going to pick a side on, which is the big chalupa of this podcast is movies. Which side has the better movies? And I th- I think, you know, it, it's going to be easy to for most people to guess what my answer is going to be. Um, but I'm going to have to pick uh, Marvel. Mostly because, um, you know, Marvel obviously has these amazing characters and um, they do a very good job of basically not copying the comic books. The movies are basically their own universe. So the movies are their own comic book, which is how I view uh, these movies. Now, obviously, not every movie that they produce is good. I don't like the Thor movies, except for Thor Ragnarok, which is a very good film. Um, I you know, wasn't too big a fan of the the first two Iron Man movies, even though I love Iron Man 3 and I love Iron Man as a character, um, just to name a, a couple uh, movies. I did not like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Not all of them are heavy, like, home run movies. Um, sometimes I'm very disappointed by them. And we've got a, we've got a Black Widow movie coming up this year, which looks pretty good. Um, so I'm excited for that, but yeah, I'm gonna have to give the award to Marvel for this. And I just kind of want to, kind of want to say uh, some stuff about the DC movies. The only DC movie outside of the old ones, I'm gonna be talking about, you know, the the new DC movies that they've been producing lately. Um, in, in terms of the new ones, the color palettes are very weird, and they're always very dark movies. Um, so I like the Christian Bale Batman movies, but we're talking about the DC movies that are after that era. Um, of DC movies. Um, yeah, the color palettes are very weird. The stories aren't exactly the best. Um, and they just feel like they're trying to be the Marvel cinematic universe, but they really shouldn't be trying for that. They should be trying to be their own thing, which is hard in a very competitive movie market. Um, so, but I think they're getting better at it. Wonder Woman was probably my favorite newest DC movie because I thought it had a very good story and Wonder Woman 1984 which comes out later on this year does look to be a very solid film 
Um, and I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what other DC movies they're producing. I think there's a, I think Robert Pattinson has just been announced as the next Batman. So that will be interesting to see how that goes down. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to give the award to Marvel, which means that Marvel, I guess, is the winner if you're counting, if you're keeping count two out of three. But I just want to say, you know, DC and Marvel are both very great companies. They both have their strengths. They both have their weaknesses. But in the end, at the end of the day, it's always about, you know, enjoying comic books, enjoying movies, enjoying TV series, and even video games to this point, because both companies are producing video games. Um, It's about enjoying your favorite superheroes and, you know, in having those heroes inspire you and act as mentors to help create what we are in the future. So, um, that is my, my, those are my thoughts on the Marvel versus DC. So I really appreciate you guys listening to this episode of the podcast. We're getting close to the end here. Um, so thank you so much for watching. Um, if you're on YouTube, feel free to post a comment down below on what your thoughts are. Do you like Marvel? Do you like DC? And what are your reasons behind that? If you have ideas on future episodes of the podcast, also feel free to comment down below. If you guys are listening on any other platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, um, go ahead and give give me a rating uh, just to let me know how I'm doing. Um, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Anchor, we've got this podcast on pretty much every platform. Um, If there's no comment section in those platforms, go on ahead and send me a message on any of my other social media just to give me thoughts about Marvel versus DC um, or uh, ideas for future episodes of the podcast. Um, I do want to give you guys some news about the podcast. I have been lining up episodes. I have about 12 episodes planned out, and I actually do have um, a couple friends that are willing to come on um, as guest stars. So hopefully we'll be getting um, some episodes in the future with some with some uh, co-hosts, which will be really exciting. I think those episodes will be a lot more meaningful. So thank you everybody so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will catch you guys next week on the Nerd Persona Podcast. The fun doesn't have to stop here. If you like the Nerd Persona podcast and you want to get some more Nerd Persona Christian Miller goodness, um, head on over to YouTube and search for the Nerd Persona channel uh, where I produce content every once in a while. I think I, I try and post at least a video a week. If I don't post a video, then that means that we've got the Nerd Persona podcast at least to keep you guys entertained. Um, but yeah, head on over and check that out. And if you know people that may like this content, like a friend or a family member, please feel free to uh, spread it to them so we can grow our community. I'm also available on several other platforms. I've got a Twitch channel that I typically live stream to, so if you want to watch live streams of me playing video games and kind of talking to you guys and engaging with you, head on over to twitch.tv forward slash nerd persona to check that out. Um, Also, I have plenty of social media for you guys to follow if you guys would like to interact with me. Um, Typically, I post polls about uh, different episodes of the podcast that I want to try out, and I have you guys vote on them, so head on over to Twitter, where you can check me out at Nerd Persona, capital N, capital P, no spacing, um, and head on over to Instagram, where you can check me out at Nerd underscore Persona. 